0: Amen. Well, good evening, and welcome to Grace Life Church. We welcome you to our Wednesday broadcast service here in Jemison, Alabama, and we're excited about the Word of God, and I know that you are too. Yeah. Amen. Everybody here is excited. Yeah. And uh, I want to read a scripture from you. Uh, well, not from you, but for you. How about that? Or may came may came from you? I don't know. In John or Luke, chapter one, just uh, verse thirty-seven. And I'm going to read this from the Amplified. Someone said that's the female version. I don't know why. Someone said it may take more words. I don't know. But it says, for with God, nothing is ever impossible and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. I kind of got a, ongoing uh, little funny way of saying wouldn't it be wonderful if the Bible was true wouldn't it be wonderful if if that scripture was absolutely true that for with God nothing is ever impossible and not one word from God should be without power or impossible fulfillment I suppose you could get just about anything done with that scripture if that's what it actually means how many of y'all believe it well, amen. That concludes our service for tonight. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That was easy. Well, that's true. Well, there's, the, there's power in the word. And there's the word of his power, the, the way Hebrews puts it. In Luke chapter 4, we see Jesus being a demonstration. He is the word. But he also demonstrates the word. And I'll read this from the Amplified also, Luke chapter 4. And um, well, I read from the King James and from the Amplified uh, Luke 4 verse 32 said, and they were astonished at his, at his doctrine anyone ever been astonished at, at someone's doctrine in a good way or not or maybe not a good way they were like you believe what y'all believe that really where'd you get it from well my pastor said so Where'd they get him from? Well, no. So they were astonished about Jesus, his doctrine. Why? What What? what caused them to be astonished? Uh, when, when he spoke, it had power. His word, it says, with power. I really like the Amplified. Man. It's, it says, they were amazed at his teaching. For his word was with authority. It had ability. His word had weight. And his word had power. Sometimes we think about someone that we know, you know, maybe a political figure or someone in the government or maybe someone, you know, a CEO and you say, you know, when he says something, I mean, that's, that's, that's what he means. Or when CEO talks and the president talks or the president of a nation talks or uh, there's weight behind it, there's power behind it. Well, we have someone higher than any president, don't we? And that's you. I mean, of course, anyone, everyone knows it's God, but it's you. Your word's higher than, than any force on the earth. He says, whatever you say, he said, that, that, that's what heaven's going to do. He says, if y'all bind it, he says, well, "Then he, he says, I'm just going to tell angels, get it done. If you say lucid, he's going to say, what y'all waiting on? Move. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That puts you pretty high up on the list of, of, of the pecking order of how the kingdom operates. Yeah. How does the king operate? Well, operates according to the word of God and operates according to the word that comes out of your mouth. Right? Isn't that how isn't that how authority works? Amen. If you go to a job and a boss tells you to do something, he you know he probably doesn't use sign language unless you're someone who needs it that way and he knows how to do sign language. But I mean uh, you No, know, he he conveys his messages with words. And that's how the kingdom works. Uh, operates is through words. That's how the, the earth was created with words, and that's how we communicate one another with words. Uh, words is the medium of exchange by which everything is or ever going to happen. You may not like the, the fact that death and life is in the power of tongue. You may not like the fact that uh, what you say is what you're going to have, but that's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, in Malachi, they were talking about the tide there for just a moment, and, and he says... And they said, uh, you know, he says, you know, because you haven't tithed, he said, you're having these problems. He said, but any time you could re- return. And, uh, and he says, and if you return, he says, the windows of heaven will be open over your house. And We're talking in an Old Testament setting. But if you go and read in the third chapter of Malachi, it, he says, your words have been stout against me. Well, if your words could be stout against God, they could be actually stout for God. Right. So in other words, his, it says the eyes of the Lord walk, go to your fro without the whole earth looking for someone, you know, whose heart is perfected towards him. Someone he can be bold through. And so words by themselves don't make you bold. I mean, it's according to what you believe. I mean, you, you can get up there and just scream and holler all day long. But if you don't know anything about who he is and who you are in him, all you are is a screamer. And like I've always said, you know, a policeman could yell to you, because he's authorized, you know, by the city or the county, whoever it is, a government official. A a policeman could could yell or scream. He could yell, you're under arrest, and you are. Or he could say, very quietly, you're under arrest. And you are. (laughs) He could whisper it. If he could just barely hear it, you know what? You're under arrest. Why? Because Not because of him personally, but because of what he represents. That badge is what's behind him. And what's behind us is, is Jesus. And then you say, well, what kind of power is that? Well, you have to go do a study to find out what's been vested in that name. So when you release that, you know, it'd be really interesting if, if we was able to see uh, into the spirit realm just for, just for two minutes when believers take authority and and they're praying and they're speaking the word, it'd be interesting to see the conflict, you know, that goes forth between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. It'd be quite the show. Star Wars has nothing out there compared to what's going on out there. And, uh, but tonight we're going to talk just, uh, just for a few minutes about truth. These are some things that just uh, uh, had on, had on my uh, thought process today. And I just sat down and just, I just wrote two little things right here, two little pages. I call them things, but they're pages. And uh, I gave it a, ti- a, a title, so maybe this will help you. It says, "The louder the lies, the bigger the prize." The louder the lie, the bigger the prize. And I want to go. I want to go to John chapter eight. On that's where I want us to start tonight. John chapter eight, and um, kind of put it in a setting. Uh, there's really one verse I'm after, but i got to kind of put it in the setting just a little bit. And Jesus have you ever notice Jesus ever had a little conflict with Pharisees? And the Sadducees. Pharisees and Sadducees. All the, 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 you know, the religious sect. Uh, Pharisees and the people who were sad, you see. The Sadducees. And uh, verse 41, Jesus said, you do the deeds of your father. He was talking to them. Now he's calling their father the devil. And of course, that makes them really happy because they've been sparring with him about Abraham. And uh, man, he, he really messed with them about Abraham. And they said, you know, don't, don't you... Don't, do you think that you're greater than our father Abraham? In, in another place. And he says, he says he said, well, Abraham was, was happy to see my day. And they said, do what? He said, you're not even 50 years old. Then he really messed with their heads. He says, oh, well, before he, before Abraham was, I I am. (laughs) Now, that was just, I don't know this for a fact. He was just really having fun. (laughs) Before Abraham was, I was already here. Well, that is absolutely the truth, right? He, He didn't lie because he is the truth. And so they, uh, they was ready to stone him that day and kill him, but it didn't work out for him. So he went on to say in, in verse 41, he said, you, do the, you are doing the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we are born, we're not born of fornication, but we have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God, neither did I come of myself, but he sent me. Well, see, you've been sent too. And you've been sent by the same one, God himself. You're a sent one. Right? He says, why do you not understand my speech? And as a question mark, I think, I don't know, but I think he paused. He said, why don't you understand my speech? Even because you cannot even, you cannot hear my word. You don't, you don't hear my speech. You don't hear my word. And then, he, and then he goes on to say, he puts it back on them, verse 44. He says, you are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. Your father, he was a murderer, from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there's no truth in him, because he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar, and the father of it, that is your father, he says, I'm talking about. He says, your daddy is a liar, he's your daddy, he's your he's he's your father and you and you're just like him he's a liar you're a liar he was a murderer you're a murderer so it's no big surprise that you don't receive my words and of course that's when they started liking him a whole lot right there and they said oh well we're we're just we're all in now (laughs) no that's not the way it worked so there's, there's some interesting words, and, and this will happen. It, uh, it doesn't happen always to the one when, when they hear this. It, sometimes it happens when you're ministering, or, or not ministering, but you're studying and you, you see something. But all of you have done this before. Where you read a scripture before, and all of a sudden a word or a sentence jumped out to you? you ever had that happen? Yeah. Maybe as a rainbow word to, to you, and it, it's like you, know, you go tell someone else about it, and I say, you say, man, let me, let me, let, 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 let me tell you what I saw today what the Lord showed me, and, and you tell them, they say, okay, it's like, no, no, it's not just okay. I mean, let, let me read it again to you. Then you read it again to you and say, and you know, it's like four or five or six words and they'll say, yeah, that's good. I was like, no, that's not just okay, that's good. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you should be running around jumping, prostrating on the ground, crying, but, but there should be some reaction. Well, that's because it was your revelation. It's not theirs. Or not theirs yet. So I'm gonna try it on you tonight. See how y'all do. <laughs> well, he says. So uh, this is the new King James version of John 8:44, and he says, "You are of your you are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He, too much your father. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth. But see, now I'm thinking about him not standing in the truth. But now I'm thinking about you." Do we stand in the truth? Because we know he doesn't. We know the truth makes us free. And he doesn't stand in the truth, so, so there's no way he is free. He's not a stander. <laughs> right? <laughs> so if he's not a stander, I know he ain't stand, he's not standing over you, because he don't even stand. Now watch here. So he was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. He can't stand because there's nothing within him to stand. He has nothing to stand upon. So when he speaks a lie, he is speaking from his own resources. This is the New King James. When he speaks to you, he's speaking from his resources. Jesus said, I don't remember Jesus said another place. He said, I don't even speak of myself. I only say what the father says. He said, but when he speaks, you're getting it right from him. He believes his own press. Well, and when you know the word, then you'll know the counterfeit word. But if you don't know the word and the enemy speaks to you, because he can speak he can speak the scripture. We, you, you know that. We can, we can go several places. You can see where he quoted scripture to it. He just had to take it out of context or had to change a few words. And it sounded just like the, the Bible. It sounded just like it. He can masquerade himself as an angel of light. It's real easy for him. And I'm just telling you, I'm not here to give him props, but the dude's good at it. I mean, when you practice things for thousands of years, just a few things, you ought to be, you ought to be good at it. And he's good at it. He can appear as, as himself. He can appear as the angel of light. He can sound to you as God, try to sound as God speaking to you or the Holy Spirit. He can come to you as someone who's really concerned and cares for you. I mean, just, just someone who's just like, you know, wants to be your best friend and console you and in your times of misery or trouble, whatever it is. And if, if you're not, if you're not withstanding and understanding the scripture, then, it's, you can easily be led astray because he is a master deceiver. That's his major weapon, is it? deception. You, you, we know it is. And, and we know it never changes it. You would think somewhere along the line, I mean, it, and it has worked for him. It has worked for him wonderfully, I guess you might say. But you would think somewhere along the line he would change the play. You know, if it was sports, whatever, and you try to run up the middle, three downs and you, and, and, there, and you don't gain a yard or you lose yardage then you're out and you punt it and then you get back and you say well, well let's run it three more times and you're three and you're out and you punt it and you come back maybe by the fourth quarter you ought to you, you ought to think maybe throwing a pass somewhere because that this is not working. Well we know in revelations this is all that he does. even, even after he's bound for a thousand years then he's, he's loose for a small season. This the first thing he does after a thousand years, it says he goes to deceive the nations, which is what he's always done. Why? Because when you when you're going to deceive someone, the only reason you are deceiving them is because you you are not truth and you have no truth. So everything, so if you're anything you're speaking, of course, is deceit. It's a lie. It's not truth. So. You say, well, I, I, how, how am I going to read enough sure? for sure? Well, you, you, you're going to have to know the word and the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you. And he may he may sound like someone um, who knows what he's talking about. But if you'll just let him talk long enough, and I don't mean for months or years. But if you just let him talk long enough, he'll hang himself. Just, the, the saying is give enough rope and he'll hang himself. He'll he'll finally say something and then you'll say, "Now wait a minute. What would you say? Then he'll say it again. I know when Brother Hagan was on the, on the deathbed at 16 years old, and, and he didn't know a lot of the scriptures, but he was using whatever energy he had. He says, by, after 10 o'clock in the morning, he said, I was through for the day. I, my, I would go blurry. I couldn't see any, any longer. And he said, it would take me minutes just to get, you know, just get one page over my Bible. He said, he said so it didn't take 16 months to get healed. Brother Hagin said, it took me 16 months to find Mark 11, Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24. But all along the way, uh, Satan was deceiving him with things he'd heard that he did not know was true. Uh, For instance, in every pastor he knew who would come visit him, you know, he says, he says, well, can you pray for me and I'll be healed? And he says, son, he says, this is God's plan for you. And he said, but I don't want to die. And the pastors would just take his hand and just pat his hand. He says, I'm sorry, son. He says, and he said, and I'll try to mimic his voice. He said, it'll all be over soon, my boy. It'll all be over soon. Well, that's just not real comforting to someone that's 16 years old. It'll all be over soon. And so he's paralyzed in the waist down. He had a major heart disease and a blood disease. He said, I never ran one time as a child. And so... Um, he got to the scripture and he, he read a verse. He said, and I read a verse. And it said, all things are possible to him that believeth. And he said, well, well, then I could be healed. And it, well, Satan would counteract him, they got him over to the place where he says, uh, he hath appointed for once man to die, remember? And so I'm kind of halfway quoting that verse. Anyone know how, to, can you quote it actually the way it is? How does it How, how does it read? It is appointed once your man to die, and then the judgment. and And he says, "So there's your appointment." And he says, "And and now it, it it now is your appointment to die." He says, "So I had a little light when I found out all things are possible." He said, "But Satan come put the light out." He says, "But see, it's your appointment. <laughs> you know, there, there is an appointment for every man, and today's your appointment." Well, he he didn't know anything any different. And so uh, he said, "And when I'd have a minister come." He said, you think you could get some help? He said, every one of them told me I had to die. He said, I had the best doctors in the world. He says, and all of them said, you know, you, you got three major diseases, and either one by themselves, um, either separated, but either one is going to take you out, much less all three. And he said he would just, he'd pray, and he'd, he'd, he'd read what he could, and he'd come across Mark chapter 11, verse 24, and uh, 23 and 24. And, and that got his attention. And what got his attention changed the whole world. What got his attention got him healed and changed an entire world. And so uh, uh, your, so that means that your world can change with one word. Brother Copeland, you say this way, one, one word from God will change your life, change your world. It doesn't take the whole Bible. You don't need to know 17 healing verses or 27, 36. You just need to know one and believe it. Just one. You know, it's just, it's just like if you, if you had 50 cars, that might be fun. I don't know. But I don't know any way you could drive more than one at a time. I mean, I don't know anyone who could do that. I don't care how talented you are. It's, it's kind of hard to drive more than one car at a time. It's about like seeing the movies where people had a break or had a date, and then they made another date and forgot to break the other one, or they didn't, and they tried to date two people one night and run from one side of the restaurant to the other. Kind of hard to date two people the same night at the same time. Don't take them to the same prom. You know, because... If you're out there on the dance floor and you, you do a do-si-do, you turn around, she's there, you know, you, you, you may end up in a dress yourself. I don't know. Don't she, she may knock your lights out. Well, so here's what, here's what we know. These are real simple things, but let's just make it real plain. The devil, the devil himself, the devil never, ever, ever tells the truth. Not one time. Or anything close to it that is true. Everything he utters is false. Now, I'm wanting to tell you that there's, he also speaks to you. Or demonic spirits do. So that's why you need to know he doesn't tell the truth, nothing close to it. And everything that he utters to you or anyone else is false. You can can always depend on him. I'm pausing on purpose. You can always depend on Satan to tell you the opposite of what you should believe. You can depend on him. He is very dependable to give you the opposite of what you should believe. Lying thoughts is how he comes against you. Toxic thoughts. Negative thinkings that will always bring fear and not faith. They're always from the devil. He's the author of it. Your mind is the battlefield where Satan attacks you, and I said this a few months ago. It came to me to say it this way because we, all, you know, I know Joyce Meyer wrote the book. And she said many years ago. It's still her number one sell of all books, "The Battlefield of the Mind." And I was thinking about that one day, it says uh, about the, the mind being the battlefield, and I heard it's not only the mind is the battlefield. It's what Satan, it's the real estate that he wants wants to win. The battle's not just in the mind, before the mind. I think that's how we said. it. So in other words, he wants your mind as his real estate. So the bigger the lies, and the louder he shouts them in your mind, that's his tactics as a liar and a deceiver. Okay? So know this, that when the enemy attacks you and tries to convince you that there is no hope, you ever felt like that? No hope? Only two of you? I have. Maybe y'all will know what I'm talking about one day, and I, this will help you. <laughs> I mean, it did happen twice. Once. Yeah, once a long time ago, a long, long time ago. I felt like there was no hope one day. And here's one. That I'm, since that never happened to you, this probably didn't either. But you know, maybe someone online can get something that. You ever felt like there's no path to victory? Pam and I know it. Okay, praise the Lord. Makes me feel a little bit better. Uh, That maybe too much has happened. Too much collateral damage. It's just too late for you. I mean, by this time, you know, like Lazarus, by this time he stinketh. (laughs) But I want you to remember, our title is "The Bigger the Prize," or "The Bigger the Lies." Bigger the lies, the bigger the prize. Now, let's go to Mark chapter five, real quickly. Mark the fifth chapter. Y'all bring your Bible with you. I don't want to have to keep you out of school, make you write on the chalkboard if you didn't bring your Bible. Mark chapter five. And we'll just break into this story in verse uh, 21 through 24. Mark 5:21. it says that when they passed over again by ship to the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. To Jesus. And he besought him greatly, saying, Jairus said to Jesus, My little daughter lieth at the point of death, I pray thee. Come, lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. So we see that he has a daughter who's in trouble. She's sick unto death. They're saying she's going to die. He says, But I believe that if you lay hands on her, if you'll come to my house, she'll be healed. That's what he said. Right. And Jesus said, um, I don't have time to that today. And I don't heal on Thursdays. But if she's still alive on Saturday, I, we can we can swing by your place on Saturday. You just it was just the wrong day to ask. Is that in your Bible? No, it's not. And no, it, it said Jesus went with him. And then, much people followed him and thronged him. But then they got detoured by the woman called the, with the issue of blood. We won't we won't read her story. But this woman got healed. Well, Jairus is sitting there the whole time. You, I, I mean, I don't. There's no telling what's going through his mind. My daughter. I mean, I mean, the pulse was barely there when I got here. And then you got the woman the issue of blood, and that may have took you know ten minutes to thirty minutes to an hour, you know, because he wanted to know who touched me. He says, "Someone touched me." Remember? And he asked disciples, he said, who touched me? He, they said, Master. He says, there's a whole throng of people I ain't touching. He says, no, I'm, I'm talking about someone touched me because virtue went out of me. Power went out of me when someone touched me. And the woman with the issue of blood, she was afraid what might happen. So they said, she came and told all. So they were there more than 15 minutes because she wasn't supposed to be there. Well, she got healed. And he told her, your faith made her whole. And then verse 35, we'll pick up there. He says, while he yet spake, There came from the the rear of the synagogue's house certain and said, uh, Jairus, your daughter's dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? Some of the modern translations, hey Jairus, don't bother Jesus, no longer it's too late. She's dead. And Jesus said, well, she's dead, there's nothing we can do about it. I mean, we we don't do dead. We do sick and bad sick. But we don't do dead. Well the hospital don't do dead. I mean that, well they try. I mean they got those what do you call them? Defibrillators. And they turn the juice up real and you know they'll they'll I think they'll try that three times and if that don't work you, they they got a sheet they pull over your head. And that means you gone. And uh, but here's the, the news comes out. Can you imagine what it felt like to him? He was, you know, he, he might have been thinking this was okay. And I was, and he, and he was coming. I mean, this man does miracles and he's coming to my house. And then that woman, I know she has been sick 12 years, but she could have be been sick a few more minutes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but I'm just kind of thinking how life works. Because your daughter's dead. Thanks. <laughs> and and so they said, why trouble the master any longer? And uh He says, he says, because she's dead. And, he, and here's Jesus' response. He said, as soon as he heard that word that was spoken, he turned around and said to the ruler, he said, what? Be not afraid. Don't believe. There are certain reports. There are certain things that happen in our lives that causes fear to be initiated in the heart in our minds, and Jesus, he stopped it just that fast because that word came forth. He knew what that, the seed of that word was going to do to him, to that father. He says, he says, be not afraid, or fear not, only believe. Believe what? Believe what you said. Well, what did he say? He said, if you'll come to my house, you'll live. Yeah, but she's dead now. Jesus knew it. He, he, he got the news the same time Jairus did. So, in other words, an expiration date, with him is not the same as it is with other people or the world. So it said, he suffered no man to follow him. Verse 37, say, Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and see at the tumult, that was the number of people who's outside of the house and they were family and so they were a community and they were weeping and crying and said they wailed greatly. And when he came in, he said unto them, uh, why are you making this a do? Or what's the, what's the big deal here? Can you see Jesus is just, he has a little confrontation on him. I mean, he's not ignorant of what's going on here. I mean, he understands what tumulters do. I call them tumulters. Actually, if you ever want to go study that, that you could, you actually, they would even hire people to come and weep and wail and cry. It's like you needed some more, so you wouldn't go hire some more. Can you, can you imagine that? Well, when. <clears throat> when so and so passed, we had 2 eight, tumulters. Oh, that ain't nothing. My my great <laughs> uncle Dow, We had thirty-seven tumulters. He'd like to took out the our inheritance and get that many tumulters there. <laughs> well, well. So Jesus just walks in there. I mean, he didn't have to say this. This is how I read the Bible. I mean, I just try to read it in life and saying. Now he, he knows she's dead. He knows why they're there. He knows what tumulters do. He says, "Why are y'all doing that?" <laughs> well they, didn't no one tell you? I mean what what you walking into? She's dead. He says, no, she ain't. Like, and then they started they go they went from tumulting to laughing. <laughs> you understand, I don't know if tumulting is a word, but y'all understand this is this is Alabama. <laughs> this is Alabama redneck is what this is. <laughs> he said, Why do you make this a do and weep? He says the damsel, she's not dead. He says, she's sleeping. Well, if she would have been here, look, she's at, She's Alabama dead. <laughs> she, she wasn't sleeping. She was, but she wasn't. Now, was she really dead? Oh, yeah, the girl dead. D-E-A-D. Little D, big D, dead, 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 no pulse, gone. Dead. He says, but Jesus, no, nah, she's not dead. She's sleeping. And verse forty, and they it says, and they laughed him to scorn. Scorn's not a not not a nice word. Look it up sometime. And uh, so when they put they laughed him scorn, he put them all out. He said, you don't laugh at me like that. He said, get out, get them all out. No one laughs me to scorn. Get them out. Let these two multitudes be hired somewhere else. He took the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entered into the damsel were, and she was lying there sleeping, sleeping dead. But she, she, of course she was lying there. She wasn't making cornbread and he took the damsel by the hand and said unto someone who's dead, when's the last time you talked to a dead person? I did once, it worked out. <laughs> it took me longer. I talked for a long time. I said, mama, <laughs> We're not doing this. <laughs> and, and she didn't say anything. And five minutes later, she wouldn't say nothing. And 10 minutes later, she wouldn't say nothing. But about 15, 20 minutes later, she went, <gasps> I said, Well, thank God for that. I was getting tired. Hallelujah. As I, she got back to the hospital. The next day, we talked about it. I said, well, Why that takes so long? She said, Well, I went to heaven. I said, Well, thanks. <laughs> Well, because I was six months, I was six, eight months out of Bible school. And, and I was just excited. I, I, I didn't know enough to, I didn't know, come on from sick. I mean, I was, you know, I was hotter than that Texas hot peat sauce that you put on your eggs, whatever you put it on. And, and that sermon, I, I, was, I walked right out right before she died in church, my own mother. And I said, man, we're about to come into the days we're going to see the dead raised in church. Well, I didn't say in church. We are going to see the dead raised. And I had no idea about 20 minutes later we, we, we we're going to be looking at it. And she was sitting on this side, second, third row in the last chair, and had her eyes closed the whole time. And I didn't know why she had her eyes closed. But I knew she was an intercessor. I said, well, she's praying for someone. She's praying for me. I don't know. She, Mama prays. You know, Mama prays. <laughs> well, at the end, of, I, I said that. I was at the end of my, and I had a, Little stage, about like that one. Actually, it wasn't even that big. This would have been humongous compared to what I had. I started off really small. <laughs> Everything's small, except for me. I wasn't too small. And, and so I, I said, And we're going to see the time where the dead's going to be raised. And I had my partner up here and I said, hey, Amen. Man, man, aren't, y- aren't y'all excited? And the mama said, so I looked at her and she said, Eric, Eric, oh! And, and she and got her chest and she fell out of the chair. <clears throat> there were a bunch of metal chairs. And I mean, they would, they went everywhere. They they was flying like cats, jump, you know, just a bunch of cats in a box. You just let them out at one time. -er, and, And chairs went everywhere. I didn't know what happened. And she was gone. No pulse. Anywhere. We had medical people there. They were looking and no, no, no. And that went on. That went on. And, and. I, I, I wished I could find the cassette tape because I had on a, a mic like I do here, a lapel mic, you know, and I didn't, when she died, I didn't say, I, I'll be there just in a minute. And he'd take my mic and stuff off and put it away. And so I had the mic on the whole time. And all, all I did is, is I, just, I just rebuked the spirit of death. Now, I, I have to add this to, me, it, to it. The spirit of faith, the gift of faith came on me. You don't generally raise people from the dead without the gift of faith. I'm not saying it couldn't be done, but I'm going to go and tell you that it does help. <laughs> it helps big. Because when, when the gift of faith is there, there's just nothing to doubt with. I hope that happens to someone, everyone here one time in your life that you get to experience the gift of faith. Because it is fun to believe that way. It, it, it's just like you get to be God for just a few minutes. In, in, in one sense, I don't mean that. I, I just mean you, you just can't doubt there's just nothing in you. You say, well, they're dead. I was like, she's just laying there. You know, she's been a little stubborn, but she don't have no choice. And Miss Dana was there and Barbara was there and different ones. playing And, you know, the, and there was Mr. Henson was there and they all had some medical knowledge. And, and I could see all of them looking at each other. And they're some taking pulse down here, you know, by the thing. And others doing the hand and like this. And one had the, uh, on the chest. And, and I'm just sitting there saying, the devil... I, I remember I said, devil, you're an absolute liar. You're, th- that's what I said. Devil, you're an absolute liar. There's no truth in you. Mother, you are, you, are, you, you are not dead. You shall rise. You shall live and not die. And you shall declare the works of the Lord. I said, now live. Death, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And nothing, n- nothing. So I said it again. But I wasn't saying it again and again and again, trying to make it happen. I was just saying, this is not how it ends. And it went on and on and on and on. Well, I don't know how well really it would have worked down at First Baptist Church. I'm not too sure, you know, that would have worked that great. <laughs> and uh, no one had cell phones in that time. And we were just renting the building. I was just getting started. We didn't have a telephone in the building. I don't even know if we could afford it one. And uh, Brother Matt, he ran out of the church trying to go find a payphone, you know, to get an ambulance there. He went and he ran to a, a payphone. You know, uh, for those of you who don't know us, so they used to be these phones, about this big. Uh, you could go into a phone booth, like Underdog. Well, y'all don't know who Underdog is either. Uh, anyway, like a superhero. And so the, you put change in it. I mean, seriously, I mean, some people don't even know what a phone booth is. And they would put change in it, and then you could get a dial tone and call people. Just like, you know, phone. And it was rotary, but you know, you had to do the old, you know, go like seven, five, five, that was the for Clinton. And uh, so he got in there, the phone didn't work, so Matt just tore out of that booth and he just went out to run it down the street and he saw someone had a screen door and it was on a Sunday and the screen door was open. I mean, the screen door was there, but the, the main door was open. So he didn't have time to knock, he just went in the house, I thought. <laughs> Later on, I said, Boy, that could have went way, way, way wrong quick. He said, Well, I just didn't think about it. I, I knew he was in a hurry. <laughs> I said, Get <"Could> you <laughs> man! something busted into your door. Hey! <laughs> I mean, what well, if you're sitting there cleaning your gun, but you still have one more? <laughs> then see, I'd have to go down and raise him up. <laughs> so, But they got there, but but we'd already done what we were going to do. So there was, I don't know, it seemed like it was like 15, 20 minutes. And I know we kept on doing her eyelids like this, but you, there was just there wasn't no pupil. And her skin tone began to change, and she began to get a little spotchy. And get the little gray spots to do when people pass away and but for me there was just nothing in me to doubt and that was the gift of that was the gift of faith on me and but I, but the gift of faith with the word and that word had ability and it had weight and it had power and it was all true and I just stayed with the truth because I mean what's you going to do I mean, if, if your mother's dead and you don't spoke the word and that didn't work, what you gonna do? Go go to Webster's MD or I mean, you know, there's there's nothing there, right? And so, fifteen twenty minutes later, she she just took a <gasps> and uh, she was uh, that was 1996 that she passed. I think it was in August. I, I got a Bible at home which says I. I it says, I died in church. <laughs> you don't see a lot of that in Bibles. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> and such such day. And, and then she wrote, I, well, maybe I shouldn't say it. And uh, the, uh, someone, the last name, Burnett. Uh, and she said, and, and my niece has called the ministry, the Lord said. Right there below it. And so she, it was, it was an amazing, amazing Thing to to watch the word of God happen just like that. It's amazing. So nothing is impossible to him that believeth. Well, your mind could go forward in different ways, and I don't know that anyone around me was operating the gift of faith. I mean, you know, there were some medical things. You know, I guess if you'd had medical natural sense, you would have done them. You know, it, it wouldn't hurt to have CPR but the Lord never, and I had people who could have done it and ministered, but it never was in my mind to do it. And Miss Dana told me, you know, just a couple of years ago, she waited about 20 years later to tell me, she said, I was downstairs with the children. And she said, they told me I was running upstairs. And she said, I was thinking this has got to be done. And she said, I got to the second, to the last step. And she said, that won't be happening here today. And I said, well, I wish you'd have told me like 20 years ago. But anyway, she, <laughs> she told me that. And, uh, and I watched them communicate one with another, and then they were shaking their head, there's, there's no pulse. She's, she's gone. But that, that just meant nothing to me. It's not because I'm great or had great faith. I'm just telling you, it's like I got to borrow God's faith. And that's pretty fun. It, it's a lot of fun. And I can honestly tell you that you will have zero ounce of doubt in you. Zero. I, if it stayed on you, and if it's four days later, it, it wouldn't make a bit of difference in the world to you. You'd Probably just order pizza, say just let her lay there. I'm gonna go just have some pizza, and I'll come back in a few minutes. With with the with the gift of faith, the gift of faith. Now we have we have faith, and with faith, we, you know the dead can be raised. But I'm talking about the gift of faith, and, um, and then you have to have the working of miracles. you Usually have to have uh, two or three gifts operation because whatever they died from, if they're not healed. So I, I asked her, you know, the next day or the next day, because they took her to the hospital, they checked her out, they knew she had died, and, and she lost most all of her vision in one eye. Um, from that thing, it was about 90% of her vision, and uh, at the time. And so, and I won't go into the whole story, uh, but for those of you watching who've never heard it, so I asked her the next day, I said, so what happened? And she, she did go to heaven and uh she didn't get to enter into heaven she saw she saw she said I knew it to be Jesus I could see the feet I could see the sandals I could see the robe I could see part of the sash and she said I was so excited I was getting there and I could I could sense the uh, 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 the most glorious presence that I can't describe it and I got to the top and no further and I could see him standing there and he says you can't stay you can't stay she said but lord Jesus that's you. She says, let me come. I, I, I don't want to go back. He said, but you can't stay. She said, but why? He said, because he's using my name. You've got to go back. You have to go back. He's using my name. Where? On earth. I, I was in Clanton using his name. Now, would you rather really be in heaven or Clanton? Some of y'all live in Clanton. It's a nice town, but given a choice. Heaven, Right. So he said, when well, you can't stay, you have to go. She said, I began to descend real fast. And then she came back in the building and she told me exactly who he was praying for. When she left, she, she said, I left my body. I looked down. I could see who's praying for me. And she told me, and I said, that, that's right. She said, but when I came back, she said, and I came back, and I could see my body there. She says, Still praying, but she says you was you were still at the same place. But she told me who was here and who was here and who was at the foot and who was. And I said, "That's right, that's right." And uh, I said, "Because they moved over there, they were checking your pulse or you know whatever." And you know, and that, you're right. And she said, "Well, that, that's what I saw." And she said, "And I, and I would say I, I exited out of my mouth, my, the spirit being, and I and I came back in." Well, that's you know that's that'll 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 fill up a Sunday. You know, you, I don't know what you're gonna preach after that. <laughs> you know, but that was at the very end, and I said we're gonna see the day. Never thought about that. I said we're we're we're. Go-. I never thought about it this day. I prophesied before she died. I said we're gonna see the days where the dead's gonna be raised. I never thought about that till just now. I prophesied that, that if someone was dead, that we would see them raised. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that a good thing to say when you don't know what you're gonna say? Now, you do realize that I wasn't thinking today in just a few minutes in my own mother. Well, that's, that's, that's what the, the father speaks is truth. And the enemy is nothing but a deceiver. So when he got to Lazarus' house, he, he told her, he told her, Talitha kuma," he said, uh, which is interpreted damsel, saying to you, arise. And straightway the damsel arose. See, it didn't take him 15, 20 minutes. He said, She rose and she walked, for she was the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with the great astonishment. I'm sure they all were astonished, but you know who was the most astonished? I guess it was the tumulters. <laughs> She's like, Do we have to give our money back? <laughs> We've been paid to cry for this. <laughs> Y'all, all right. Amen. So, that's the day that you're still living in. Huh? Well, if the word was true in 1996, it might be, it might, it might stretch to 2021. It might, it could. It could stretch that far. Now we know, and we'll close with these two scriptures. 1 Peter 5, verse 8 and 9, it says, be sober. So y'all stop that drinking now. Now, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, not your friend, not your buddy, not your partner, because your adversary, the devil, he walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But resist him into faith. Resist, resist him into faith. Well, you can't think resist. You've got to resist. How do you resist? Not with a ball bat. That won't work on him. You say, well, man, I got me some hand grenades. That won't work on him. You're not going to belong about that way. The, only way. the only way you're going to resist him is with resist him into faith, and you're going to do it by the spoken word of God. You're, you're, you're going to speak this truth. You're going to speak this truth. What, what, why does that work? Because where we started, he says he's the father of lies, and it says he, he has no truth in him and can't stand on the truth. So when you put truth under him, he can't stand on it. Why does he fall? Because he can't stand on truth. Remember, that's what it said in the very beginning. Yeah. He says he the uh, New King James says he's the father of lies. He said the truth not in and he can't stand on the truth. And when he speaks, he speaks out of his own resources. Well, when, when my mother was dead in church, I wasn't using my resources. You know what I thought. I didn't have time to go home and get my Bible school notes. And saying, let's see, you know, do we, do we have a class on, you know, if your mom dies was in church. Let's see, you uh, know, we took righteousness and Old Testament survey and the New Testament survey and the history of the Bible. That's not going to work right now. Though, though, you know, and communications, uh, you know, how, how to give a message or a sermon. That, that, that wasn't going to work out right then. It's too, it was too late for all that. But you're ready. Each one of you You're ready. So here in John 14, 30, you know, I turn this. He said, I will speak with you. Jesus said, not much longer. This is right before he was crucified. He said, For the rule of the world, which is Satan, is coming, and he has no claim on me. He has no power of me, nor anything he can use against me. Boy, I like that verse. That's amplified. I like it so good, I'm going to read it again. Let me ask can I, can I read that again? Can I read that again? Who's who's for it and against it? They're all for it. So we're going to do it. He said, I will will not speak with you much longer. And I won't speak with y'all much longer. For the ruler of the world, Satan, he's coming. He said, but he has no claim on me. This is true of you. What What he said is true of you. He said, he has no claim on me. He has no power over me nor anything he can use against me. He has no power over you. He has no claim on you. And he has nothing that he can use against you that will succeed. The weapon may be formed. It says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It may be formed, but it says it won't prosper. Amen. All right? So when your heavenly father gives you the truth, we're supposed to receive the truth. So when you're heavily attacked by the enemy, it's usually a clear indicator of a huge breakthroughs on the way. I'm glad everybody was really thrilled about that one. Remember, the louder the lies, the bigger the prize. So when you're heavily attacked by the enemy, it's usually, not always, but usually a very clear indicator that you you have a great big breakthrough right on the way. Satan can't be everywhere at one time. He's not omnipresent and he's not omniscient. He can't be everywhere. He does. He's not all-knowing. But he has demonic spirits. Satan does st- station mostly in the second realm. There's three atmospheres. There's three heavens. Well, this would be one atmosphere where we are. Between here and heaven would be the, what? The second heaven. Then heaven's where heaven is. The third atmosphere. So Satan has, where's he operating? Where does he seek? The Bible says he, he roams through the earth. But where's he seeking through? In the second heaven. That's where he's reeling and reigning. And bringing his will down to whom he can, right? From the second heaven. Well, that's what happens. Is here you have something happen in your life, and you're going to another level. You're 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 moving in the power of this word, and you're taking new ground. And all of a sudden, the 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 the, the demonic spirits that are just. Cons- uh, uh, consumed all throughout the second heaven, they begin to see thing comes from answers from your prayers and your words from the third heaven to come bring it to you, and they see that, so they come down to your place real quick to set up a, you know, to set up a barrier to try to keep the things that's coming out of heaven from the an- the angels coming from the throne of God to bring the blessings of God to you to get to to, to stop the, the the lines of transportation to get to you, and start speaking lies to you and starts bringing things into your life that, that get your attention off the word of God and you're having to put out this fire and you're having to go, you're having to deal with this situation and you're having to deal with this situation. What happens is when we're dealing with situations, a lot of times we start talking. Oh, my, oh, my, my, oh, my, my this or, 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 or this happened at work or I lost my job or, you know, they cut my pay or, or, you know, our, the, our, the president or if he is or he's not, he's not or, or what, what we're going to do. Well, we're okay. Why? Because Isaiah said that the kingdom of authority and his government shall never end. When the president was sworn in, I'm talking about President Trump was sworn in years ago, then he had the last election, even though there was an inauguration that took place in January, that didn't change nothing in heaven. Now, there's some things that I'd said in there and there's some things I didn't say. If you was listening, I didn't say the president was inaugurated. I just said when 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 they, when they inaugurated somebody, that doesn't change. That does not change the government of heaven. He said of his government, there shall be no end. So the, when when God has a plan for your life and for a nation and people come in to, to make uh, a do about that and they come in to say, well, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do this to this nation, and we're going to turn this nation this way? And it's not in the book of heaven that's going to happen? That God has a plan for your life and nation? The Lord says, not so. <laughs> not not so. Not so. Because I read in uh, uh, Psalms chapter 2, said they said, we're going to come against God's people. We're going to cast them. We're going to break their bands. We're going to cast them asunder. And and God says, you're, 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 you're doing what? You're going to do what to my people? And they told him. And he said... You know know what he said? Nothing. He said he just laughed. He just laughed. How many would like to know what God's laughter sounds like? Wouldn't that be cool just to hear God laugh? I don't know what it sounds like. And when he sneezes. How many of y'all, when y'all sneeze, you you got a full sneeze? How many of you when somebody sneezes, you got the, it's you, it's you. Usually the guy that's 450 pounds when he sneezes is... It's, you. it's like really. I mean, I mean, you're you're like a baby elephant. I, I was looking for something major to come out there. Like, whoop, whoop, whoop. I don't mean that. Take that off the tape real fast. I i not mean to call you know baby elephant. Maybe a hippopotamus, but not an elephant. No, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but when God laughs, <laughs> I but it's rock and roll time. There's, there's no telling what happens when God. I mean, there might be a reaction, you know, and everything starts vibrating and you know. Devils just get nervous, get wild. Amen. You say you're wild now. Well, I got to help y'all. It's Wednesday night they might have worked y'all hard, and y'all have to. You know, I didn't want to just give you look up fifty-seven scriptures and lose you. You know, well, here's so that's where we are. So if you're if you're dealing with these things, could be that your breakthrough is so close. The attack's been so strong. The demonic spirits are they're right there. They're seeing things coming. Into your life, your way, and this is—we have to do something right now. We have to get in. So the the, the angels—they're they're descending, and so here comes from the third heaven or from heaven. The demonic spirits in the second realm or the second atmosphere or second heaven—they come down to cause all kind of chaos in your life. And, because a lot of times they can see what's coming, and they try to immediately to, to step up their level of attack, um, but. We ought to get happy. We ought to get happy because the truth is the truth, and the truth sets you free. And you got good help, and you got angelic spirits coming to help you to bring what God says is yours. I'm telling you, Trinity Airlines is on the way down here. I mean, if you're gonna fly, fly with Trinity Airlines. Amen. They won't never cancel a flight. (laughs) Never have. They they never lost a they never lost a a, a pilot. They never lost a, a. you know, not one of their planes and you ought to fly Trinity if you're going to go that way. Well, so just remember, sometimes you can do it just with the title. The louder the lies, the bigger the prize. So we know this, that whenever those harassing thoughts are coming, that's what they're doing, harassing you. Just take them. Some say, I try not to listen to the devil. Well, I don't. I listen to him. I listen to him all he wants to talk to. You say, why would you want to listen to the devil? Well, I found out there can be some benefit. And I'll close with this. You say, what benefit? And why would you listen to the devil? Well, the, for the very reason I told you. He's the father of all lies. Jesus said he was a murderer from the very beginning. He said he, he can't stand on the truth because he has no truth to speak. And if the truth comes, he can't even stand. So when he starts telling me things, anything, what's happening, what's not going to happen, how it can't work, it's too late, whatever, i think, Awesome. I'll, awesome. Do you, you have anything else? Awesome. Well, you'll never be healed. Praise God. Never be healed. No, you'll never get a breakthrough. Hallelujah. This is awesome. And then I, I write down the notes and I put the devil said. Then I'll go back and I said, well, say so he's a liar. He's a murderer from the very beginning. And everything he says is an absolute trial. That means he sees, he sees what's coming my way. And see, now the opposite of sick would be, oh, I'm healed. Amen. Amen. The opposite of being in debt would be, I have more than enough. Amen. So just take what he said and just flip it. Amen. Huh? Amen. Just, just flip it. So that's the only reason I listen to the devil sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Not to get discouraged. And, and, and you say, well, I don't think I've ever heard that. that well, yeah, yeah you, you have. You, you, you heard it in your own thoughts. See, he's, he's dealing with your mind. Then he gets into your emotions. Y'all know what emotions are? You ever had your emotions go a little bit squirrely? Like, I just don't, you know, I don't, I don't feel, I don't, I don't feel what, you know. I just, And, and if, if, if those emotions get all out of kilter, you might say, they'll try to run your life. But you have to put them, thank God for the emotions, but you're going to have to put them, you're going to have to absolutely put them under the word of God. You might say, I thank God for these emotions, and I thank God for my, uh, all my senses, but they're not running my life. They're not ruling my life. They're not doing it. You know, when the devil came and, and he, he tempted Jesus in the wilderness, if you hadn't eaten 40 days, you might be hungry too. If you hadn't ate or slept in 40 days, you might want to take a drink and a wink. You might want to eat, eat and sleep. And that's when he comes when you're, to attack you when you're the most vulnerable. And he comes to find the weakest part in your life where he can find, and that's where he comes to tax. He doesn't play fair, so we don't either. We don't either. Amen. So, if you're under attack, if the enemy is speaking lies to you, just get excited, get thrilled. Because you know the, the very opposite of that, that's true. The bigger the lie, the bigger the prize. Like Jerry used to say, he said, if it's a fight you want, it's a fight you're gonna get. But when all this is over, he said there's gonna be one of us standing, and it's not gonna be you. Amen. 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 I'll say, I'm a winner. I'm a winner. And we tell you that you're a winner, that you're winning on every side. Amen. The word of God is truth. Hang on to the word, hold on to the word, it'll bring you through. Amen. God bless you.